I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything from the shop? Cornetto. Chocolate! It doesn't say anything about a chocolate, does it? No. No, it doesn't. Sure it doesn't. So fuck off! My boss says he can eat 50 eggs, he can eat 50 eggs. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! You're certifiable, Quint, you know that? You're certifiable! Hello, Dimitri. Listen, I, I can't hear too well. Do you suppose you could turn the music down just a little? Oh, that's much better. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another all-new Spool podcast. I'm Nigel Weekly, and beside me, well, opposite me, as always, Pork Mikio. Hello. So today we're going to be looking at some of the big releases that arrived in August, some of the slightly smaller releases more so, and then looking ahead to see what lies ahead in September. Uh, let's get started with one of your picks, Mistress America. Do you want to take a clip or will we... Yeah, this is a clip, a kind of... I'll give a bit of a background to it. It's Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, back another collaboration. Uh, Noah's directing and Greta is writing and it kind of works really well. So we have a scene here where it's kind of like a classic we American mini road trip within the film. So we have Greta Gerwig, um, Lola Kirk, who plays Tracy, uh, Matthew Shear, who plays Tony, and Jasmine Cephas-Jones, who plays Nicolette. And they're going on a wee road trip. Here we go. I'm not driving you to Connecticut to break up a marriage. I should be in my room reading Nicomachean Ethics. Oh, calm down, rich boy. I'm not rich. Yes, you are. You have a car. No, I'm not. My dad is a mechanic. He and my uncle have a body shop. I had this car because it was something he could give me. Sorry. I think I offended your boyfriend. He's not her boyfriend. He's mine. Why are you here? Because Tracy made Tony drive you. But why did you come? I had a bad experience with adultery before. My last boyfriend committed adultery when we were together, and I just don't like to let my boyfriends get too far. Adultery? Why the fuck does it matter? You're all 18. Where's this old person morality coming from? There's no cheating when you're 18. You should all be touching each other all the time. So there we had uh, that wee vignette from the film and they're en route to kind of confront an old schoolhood nemesis from Greta's lifehood who she seems stole her all great ideas. So Greta Gerwig is kind of this, I don't know, how would you describe her? She's all these great ideas Very but never hyper. really follows through. Someone who didn't do her leaving cert, someone who dropped out, Yeah, you know, in transition year when the mini company, her mini company took off during yeah. transition year and she's like, screw the leaving cert. And she's kind of never going to follow the, the straight narrow path. Um, so she has all these great fantastic ideas the main one for the whole film is that she's setting up a restaurant and with her a boyfriend and a grocery shop and a hair salon yeah it sounds fantastic and I feel a yoga space as well yeah it's but very it's very Dublinate it's kind of a nice touch that we never meet her boyfriend um, we won't kind of spoil what happens with the thing but that's her main thing and she's trying to get finance for it and then the other piece to it is Greta comes into the film through Tracy who's played by Lola Kirk um, she is just started college in New York and the reason she gets to know Greta is that they're going to become sister-in-laws because both of their parents are going to marry each other. Yeah, I, I quite liked it. Like Ireland, we have very traditional family models, right? So it's rare that you'd... I don't know. There's not. I, I don't know of many situations where you'd get two adult families who were then kind of chucked together and said, "Oh, look, you've got these new adult siblings." Like you usually get new sister-in-laws and brothers-in-law, and you kind of get hearing about them, and then you end up going to a wedding and having it all anointed. But you don't get like adults maybe uh, like getting married, and then you're like, "Here's four new siblings, and they are in-laws, and you're all going to become best friends because we're in love now." Kind of. Yeah. So Tracy kind of. Um, idolizes Greta because Tracy's obviously 18 you know uh, Greta's just about to turn 30 I think there's What's a funny Greta's joke name? I'm trying to remember uh, Brooke Brooke okay. yeah so um, there's kind of that idolization of her but it 
quickly becomes aware to Tracy that Greta's a bit of a mess or Burke is a bit of a mess like she hasn't really got anything going on for her and Tracy at college is trying to get into this um, kind of wanky prestigious English lit society and she writes a short story which is called Mistress America um, about Brooke's life and you can see it coming to mind where the, the Brooke is eventually going to read this and it's not very yeah, nice I didn't yeah you know yeah. Um, but she gets into the lit society anyway and then Brooke I wonder if whether it was a little bit complimentary like we were only seeing hints of it but yeah it, it turned out to be it was kind of like yeah taking exaggeration very well written but yeah. kind of all the things that you know about yourself and you know are a bit daft because Brooke is very self-aware and yeah. she is very like oh I know I'm kind of everything is falling apart and I just wish it would work and I'm tired of all this shit you know but you kind of perpetrate your this image you have in yourself of your head and um, I loved it I really really loved it I thought I was going to hate it from the trailer and like the titles they have in the trailer and stuff is just it makes it look like a screwball comedy and that came up I think at one point and I was like oh I wish the word screwball comedy would stop being used to I don't know yeah because it's become real because like, I saw that she's funny that way the um, Peter Bogdanovich one a while ago time, that yeah. Bombeck was involved with I think and on a producer it, so I yeah. thought it was going to be another one of this but I thought it was brilliant but he was only the co-writer obviously because Greta Gerwig his writing and Potts I think still girlfriend in, in uh, yeah. life as well partner as yeah. well they work together in it and I think you get that balance that neither of them are allowed because I wasn't too know. mad on his other one this year um, while we're young yeah Bombax I thought it was kind of sinister and a bit um, sarcastic and sneery but this I think is much more heart and it's better developed characters there's a lovely there is a slightly screwball element to it when at the end of that road trip when they do get to the house of her friend and her we'll husband hang out there everything. for half an hour and yeah. the neighbour calls and in. that's I, that's really I funny that, I thought, yeah. yeah I think a bit about it um, that, you know if you wrote that down as a, scri- as a script plot piece any critic or writing critic could probably just say yeah but move it back then get us back to New York you know keep things moving but they actually just hang out there for half an hour and this neighbour comes yeah. in and he doesn't really have a role other than to just kind of you know pop things like pop out little questions and add a little bit of tension here and there so I thought that was very very funny yeah um, but she's a very Brooke is you know very complex like when she when they go to the pub that time you can see everyone loves her but you get a sense that she's the kind of person who has like 150 you know friends but then very few best friends you mm. know very few people who she could actually talk to and stuff because she has because she's hanging confronted over with by her. that old friend in the pub yeah and yeah. she's she's creeped out um by her and then like you know she'll just drop in you know blah blah my day was good blah blah oh my mom died when i was three and blah blah, blah. and then i got a vibe off it i don't know um if people have thought this i haven't read it anywhere but it gave me it reminded an me independent bit, thought yeah. do you have an independent thought the odd time Ooh. Uh, it reminded me of Heather's to a degree now it's that's a misconception kind of people haven't seen it nobody gets killed in it or there's nothing but there mm-hmm. was something about the tone and the music in it and the feel of it and some of the shots where it was just like I'm getting a real Heather's vibe off this it kind of which I really like midway yeah to, you yeah. know um, and yeah I, I really really liked it uh, the music there's one kind of key song in it I can't remember who it's by anymore but it's it's really good I don't know if it's Bowie because in Francis Ha there was that one um, we have a hot that. chocolate song uh, we might close the pod we'll talk a bit more about the music oh the end. maybe so it's that one. Um, oh, I think it is that is it like and then there's the Bruce Springsteen cover um, what's it called Dream Baby Dream uh, isn't oh, that a Bruce yeah. song or does, he does play it I think but a band called Suicide that? I don't know oh that's brilliant actually so we might wrap yeah, up the yeah. pod with it we, um, no. up, we wrap yeah. up the pod now if you like mm-hmm. okay, it'll be yeah. a, an 8 minute podcast so it's a the keep some one. people happy it's the toilet podcast <laughs> yeah. it's just perfect for the morning uh, drop off 
Um, the one bit of trivia I have, because I like it, uh, Lola Kirk is uh, Jessa from Girls' Sister in real life. Ah, so, uh, very They good. look kind of alike as well. I, I like her as well because she... Yeah. Obviously, we're obsessed with Greta Gerwig and, you know, she she dominates the, every scene she's in. But Lola Kirk performs really well. Like, she has kind of a little bit of a lisp and it's very... I don't know. It was a different kind of performance for her. Yeah. I really like that. And like, I like the dynamic to have with the wee three students. Like, um, Matthew Shearer's Tony, I think he's great. He kind of likes her at the start, but then disappears. And yes, I think that's oh, a really yeah. good kind of character yeah. development with them. Um, another girly film that uh, we both happened to see was a film that everyone seemed to be talking about for about a week at the beginning of August before the backlash uh, kicked in against Amy Schumer. Nah, no, the backlash hasn't really kicked in. It'll kick in around yeah. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so it's Trainwreck. So uh, this is a film about another woman in crisis. Could we say that? Possibly. Uh, it tells the story about Amy. She's a 30-year-old woman in New York who uh, works in publishing and whose main interest is in filling the void in her life with casual sex, drinking having the laugh and just not really allowing herself to get too close to anyone because again uh, bereavement uh, there from her is, did the film start with when she was did we kick off no, the, the film, film with the flashback when she's four or five and told that, that the they're parents splitting divorced. Yeah. yeah I was trying yeah I, I merged I saw it in Mr. Samerica within the dare to so some, oh, okay. some scenes have kind of lodged in my brain but um, at the start um, so it's directed by Judd Apatow who we last saw directing funny uh, this is 40 the follow up to Knocked Up and Funny People then a few years before that but he uh, doesn't have, doesn't direct a lot but gets involved in a lot of things and he's kind of taking master producer yeah he's taking Amy Schumer kind of not under her his wing but like maybe lent his name to her film project to kind of give it that lift which it certainly did it made um, over 100 million but we'll come back to talk about that in a sec um, anyway so she plays this person who works in publishing which is very similar to all these uh, things you know you have to be a writer in New York it seems so we saw yeah, it in Mistress most, America and in Girls the most thing is uh, like a chef or a cook for a woman character to play she either like works in a bakery or is a cook right. and then a writer then is like second or for something magazine. you know yeah. yeah well I guess writers who write these movies mm. like to write about writers anyway uh, so if, at the beginning she's seeing John Cena who uh, is funny in it that was um, very good that was a good character thing I thought with him it was, it was yeah. good the cinema scenes were brilliant it's Confu- confusing that he was playing John Cena no he wasn't playing John Cena but then we met LeBron James who I suppose has a similar level of fame in Ireland but he wasn't he was playing LeBron, LeBron James. James I think it's weird when you do that but there's then a ridiculous kind of amount of cameos towards the end so my god yeah. um, I really liked that the dad supported the Mets uh, when me and That's Nigel team. and Colin went to New York one time we went to see a Mets game so I was like hey yeah. um, but Matthew Broderick turns up at some point towards the end first Bueller Oh yeah, and he, he's Matthew Broderick, and there's no allusion to why he's there or what's yeah. it about. And I'm just like, what? We had that with was it Ocean's Twelve or Ocean? I think it was Twelve, where all of a sudden Julia Roberts started being recognised as Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts. Yeah, Got very strange. Anyway, it has a few of those in jokes, but um, yeah, there's enough kind of heart to it. Uh, Amy's sister um, is played by Brie Larson, and then her husband Mike Burbiglia. Um, who did show up in about three things I saw because I ended up watching the um, Reese Witherspoon film Hot Pursuit he's in that for five minutes at the beginning he's in the new series of Orange is the New Black and then I watched one of his uh, sort of stand-up stuff that he did as well so I had that week where I was like oh so this man is everywhere I didn't really know who he was a month ago but anyway um, so her thing is you know everyone she goes to these baby showers we can actually take a clip from one of these baby showers which is this standard thing when you kind of hit 30 all of a sudden everyone's like 
oh, are you seeing someone? And then, you know, if you're lucky enough to be seeing someone, then it's kind of like, oh, when are you getting married? And then if, you know, that happens. And then it's like, when are you having a baby? And then when you have one baby, it's like, when's the next baby arriving? <laughs> Pretty much until, you know, yeah. you're into pension territory, buying a house and all this shit. So um, anyway, this is from the baby shower um, scene where she's sort of seeing um, the sports doctor uh, played by Bill Hader. She has to write uh, a, a feature on him. She's writing a feature magazine. on him. And so uh, this is her kind of freaking out a bit because she hasn't really allowed herself to get this close to anyone in a while. So we'll look at this slip now. Just breathe. Just breathe. It's fine. Who wants to have kids? Amy. Like right now. People talk about that. Not really. It's fine. I don't know anyone that talks about that. He's great. It's normal. I think Aaron's great. I really like him. Can you tell the members of Heaven's Gate in there to relax? No, he's too nice. He's not too nice. Yes, he is. He's too nice for me. You know it. No, I, no. He's the perfect amount of nice that you deserve. Yeah, but you know what? There's deal breakers across the board with him. Like, the sex is good. It's, like, really good. Like, it's, it's great, but it's not, like, the best I've ever had, you know? You're right. You don't want best sex that you've ever had, guy. No, you want to stay with the best you've ever had, guy. No, you don't. That's a creepy guy. You don't want to be with that guy. Best sex that you've ever had, guy, is in jail. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I've been thinking about maybe reaching out to him. <laughs> Stop. So that was Amy Schumer and Brie Larson kind of riffing on each other. You can kind of tell they had a lot of fun making the film. Um, so as a, as a, on a whole, I did like it a lot. Um, but I think it's not as maybe risky as they you kind of thought it could have been. When she when she's involved, the um, her TV show is very, very controversial. And, you know, she's an advocate for, like, feminism and gun rights and, like, racial... She's just, like, a voice. Mm. And yet, in this, it plays it kind of safe. You can tell where there's some absolute standout hilarious jokes where you're like that's solid gold her and it hasn't been watered down or like made to fit into a formula or anything um, so it is kind of sad like towards the end like it's been out a while there's no spoilers and it's romantic comedy so you can put two and two together she changes her whole lifestyle and personality so it's kind of like to get with the guy to get with the guy and I'm like this yeah. is a bit boring you know I had a thought um, which I haven't shared I'm gonna it's an independent thought again it's what we try to bring our listeners um, if the film wasn't starring her and if she was Adam Sandler and if every other character flipped gender, and if we then, you know, it was still called Trainwreck, and you can picture just everything flipped around, would anyone have gone to see it? Would it have been heralded as, like, would it have been getting all the positive reviews? Because it didn't get standout reviews, but no, everyone's yeah. like, oh, this is great to see, but, um, you know, True, there's nothing not in that the script th- that's that original. Risky. It's yeah. just that it's like, oh, we have this from a woman's point of view, but then it just turns, morphs into a standard rom-com. Yeah, yeah, and even Judd Apatow did it um, with uh, Seth Rogen's character in... Uh, knocked up you know he, mm. at the end of it oh he settles down he becomes a man he gets a job in the web development company and he wow he's found himself and everything and it seemed that that's how you kind of kind of has all the job up to oh, it's far too long the clock's in it just shy two hours or yeah, one minute over yeah. two hours or something he le- he leaves the thing, gives the films a lot of breathing room I think yeah it was say. just like you could have cut that that mm. was stupid you could have cut that a lot of Irish people I don't won't get um the sports cameos the sports and stuff hits. yeah yeah but it has done very well as I said uh, it's made over 100 million um, a year ago we had a film which again was a good showcase for a female uh, actress Obvious Child film that dealt with abortion a proper controversial thing made 3 million and this made 103 million yeah. so I think that's a good the kind of stat Bill Hader in this it reminded me I don't know if you saw Skeleton Twins his yeah. film with Kristen Wiig which I thought was brilliant yeah, we've talked about it at length I'm going to yeah. dig out the archive it's... and in here I'm going to edit in a clip of us talking about Skeleton Twins brilliant <sighs> um, that kind of reminded me like oh yeah I kind of wish he'd I'd do more than that instead of he's just being built he to, and he's it, straight know? yeah he's very much the kind of the, yeah straight man with this so it's curious to see what he'll kind of end up with but I think Ghostbusters is going to be a more contra- uh, sort of defining female film did you pick up out. on the thing uh, I'll pose this way what connects Trainwreck and we need to talk about Kevin 
uh, Tilda Swinton and Tilda Swinton yeah I did get it and uh, if you don't know his name you can say the connection still yeah the son yeah, so Kevin Tilda is the mother and Kevin is the son and Kevin is the intern Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller, he very plays, good. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, oh, brilliant. That is good. It's good trivia. That's kind of fun. Cool. Um, the only, yeah, so that was it. So worth seeing, but again, like not, God, I think it, it, the critics were very kind to Trainwreck, you know, and it yeah. would be more interesting to see now what Amy Schumer does going on from here. Like she's had, whatever, four years of Inside Amy Schumer on TV. So what can she do now on the big screen? Yeah, she's just going to go for these big budget films or will she scale back with the money just to be like, well, no, I'm going to have a unique kind of film. Yeah. Like Obvious Child or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, will I talk briefly about Paper Towns? Sure. For the cracks of Paper Towns, just uh, talk about it because you haven't seen it. Uh, it's an adaptation of the John Green Young adult book. So we had this last year with The Fault in Our Stars, which... Terrible film. Is it terrible? Yeah. I kind of was like, this is grand. If this is what young people are, I know it's just kind of it was so. It's like a cynical twenty-nine-year-old male and shoot the puppy because that make you feel sad. It just seemed so concocted. So this had less cancer, but equally kind of self-important. Like, but in a kind of nice way. I don't know. I kind of saw the trailer for it and I was like, it looks fun enough. But so model turned actress Cara. Can you pronounce her name? Cara Devangeli, is that it? With the eyebrows. And she was in... Uh, anyway. No. You know, you're not good with the pronunciation. Anyway. She plays the part of Margot Roth Spiegelman, um, who's literally the girl next door to uh, Quentin, a.k.a. Q. So it's all this kind of, you know, young people's sort of language. So she's kind of elusive and really cool, but they drift apart by the time they get to high school. He stays in love with her. And then um, it's getting near prom. Gotta have prom. And uh, he is still kind of harboring feelings for her, but then she gets dumped by her boyfriend and kind of drops, calls into him one evening and they go on this kind of mission of revenge and then he doesn't see her again. So after half an hour, she disappears in the film and it becomes basically like the famous five with her, him trying to find her with all these like intellectual kind of clues. So we get, you know, he goes into her room and sees a Woody Guthrie poster and um, a Walt, uh, Walt Whitman novel, is it? And yeah. uh, Bob Dylan references and all that. So it's the kind of thing that if I read the book when I was like kind of 16 I'd probably think that's oh, so cool like this kind of um, but now as a cynical 30 year old I was like oh, I'm a, bit, a little bit edgier about the whole thing but um, it's kind of it's fine it's really good um, because Cara Delevingne isn't a great actress I think it's a great move to kind of give her that dreamy quality then she just disappears after half an hour and they can leave it to the other actors he's really boring and average um, is it as messed up as Gone Girl um no, because they kind of, he knows that she's not dead, you know, that's not even hinted at, that she could have been murdered brutally, like, it's all like, oh, she's kind of run away. Or committed suicide. I kind of yeah, get that vibe from the trailer bright. that she's committed suicide. No. Okay. Sadly not. This is a far too, she says they have to find where she is. Um, if you Google Paper Town, it's a concept with a map where years oh, ago I've to heard prevent yeah. copyright. I actually learned a lot, like, this is why that's it was kind co- of fun, yeah. like, oh, um, to prevent copyright infringement, if you and I made a map, if we were cartographers making a map of Monaghan, we would just dip in uh, a town somewhere between, you know... Wheatland. Like, Clon- yeah, Wheatland. It's just there between uh, Clontibret and Monaghan Town. And then, because it's not really there, but th- then we would know that our map had been robbed. So, you know, it's kind of... Yeah, it's sort of fun. There's far too much slow motion. It's ridiculous. And the scene at the end... I talked about prom. There's a thing with prom at the end. But it ends in slow motion, but it looks really weird. It's like someone just got their rifle 
iPhone and you know that you can shoot now in like 120 frames a second and you go super slow-mo but like it just looks stupid so I think yeah they need to kind of cop on but yeah it's fine okay uh, a quick one I did saw... I sell that to you would you sell that to a cousin like a 17 year old girl cousin is who that movie is for probably is it too old for my 12 year old niece yes okay grand in a year or two grand she's starting school on Monday secondary school grow up so fast anyway I saw Hard to Be a God I'll just talk quickly about that Um, crazy film three hours long Russian black and white subtitles Uh, in Sandy did you hear anything about it yeah read Sight and Sound do a big have a feature on it this month so I haven't seen it but I read uh, quite a bit on it so it was directed by Alexei German and um, he directed it but he died before he could finish it so his son and his wife I think kind of cobbled it together and I read a bit about it before going to see it so it kind of tells you that there are you knew to go to the toilet before going in let's yeah. say <laughs> there's a group of scientists co- and they go to this planet called um, Arkanar and it's basically quite like Earth and in their they're in their medieval time but they haven't had their renaissance yet so it seems to be that the scientists go there and try them try and stop them making the same mistakes that we did but they can't interact and they can't kill anyone and blah 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 right now if you hadn't read that it's not like you see a rocket taken off at the start of the thing and they suddenly end up in this planet. It just starts. And if you'd missed like the first, even if you didn't, so if you knew nothing, you'd just be like, why is this film set in medieval times? Why is this guy talking to the camera? Does it all happen? Yeah. There's no reference to any scientists, a spaceship, anything, anything like that. So you're just like, it's wall to wall feces loads of the time and it's really hard to watch it's so the camera angle is so super close and in your face at times it's really and there's loads of bits where everybody which is, cinema did you see it in? Uh, the IFI in the in the big one yeah on screen one. Oh yeah so it's like which is a very congested cinema anyway your, leg, your knees are kind of in your chin yeah there wasn't too many thing. walkouts but there was loads of point where I was just like I have absolutely no fucking idea what's going on in this film and there's loads of bit where the fourth wall is broken and loads of the people are just looking at the camera and looking at you going around and it looks amazing there's certain shots where like this is fantastic everybody raved about it the Guardian the Irish Times give five stars I don't know Sight and Sound probably hailed it as a masterpiece but it's very hard going. There was a fantastic quote. Um, it wasn't... I think Philip Glass does The Guardian and then Kermode does The Observer. French. But Philip French. So there's another guy who did A Guardian. I tweeted it actually and he had a quote being like, of oh, a certain film by Alexi German was... Eula says this is definitely his Finnegan's Wake and I was like oh that's good I wasn't alone by because there's loads of none of the dialogue really matches up yeah or kind of it's just like here's a statement into the wind yeah well when it becomes someone's final work all of a sudden a switch is flicked with criticism where everyone just suddenly is like oh let's let's hail it yeah and it's the kind of thing that's going to be studied at college you know Mm. it's not going to be and it'll probably make end of year lists but I can't give it five because it's just it was too like impenetrable to underneath now it's the most I've thought about a film in a while it's kind of one of those we keep thinking of scenes from and you're like this is fantastic but like for I don't think I could ever sit through it again and it was that kind of I think I've said it before where if I'm in a cinema I'd watch a film that's five hours long and don't care but at home I'm you like no yeah. it's just like come on we need to move it on for the phone yeah so but one for film fans like aficionados to kind of keep an eye on what are you giving it out of five then can you give I'd it give stars? it four I suppose <laughs> but sometimes for parts of it like during watching the film it's like this is mock I'm giving this a one star and then other times oh it's a masterpiece five so I don't know 
Yeah. Um, for something completely different, uh, here's a clip. Here's a bit of the trailer of a documentary, Precinct 7-5. Um, here we go. As a good rookie cop, you start to wonder, what's in it for me? I didn't come on the police department to be a bad cop. But you see an opportunity come along and, you know. Michael Dow is a crook who ended up wearing a uniform. I consider myself both a cop and a gangster. How many crimes and acts of corruption do you estimate you committed? Hundreds. So, um... I didn't see the tagline for this, but it should have been the real-life Goodfellas. No? Uh, yeah. Did you make that up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that is what they're <laughs> pretty much what they're pitching. And so the rights have been sold now um, to... I think it's Sony. They've bought it now for maybe a million or a couple of million to make a fictional story. So it pretty oh, much fantastic. will be... I'm just waiting for Scorsese to finish doing stuff with DiCaprio. Yeah. So um, it's the first major uh, feature from director Tiller Russell. And he's been involved uh, involved in lots of these kind of documentary, slightly trashy sort of crime story things and like stuff about, you know, drug deals in Mexico and all this sort of thing. He's made TV series about that. So, um, And he also was an associate producer on Bernie. I love when you look through someone's IMDb and you see all right they were that so maybe they were the real life he was the real life crime expert for Richard and later on Bernie um anyway tells the story as we heard there of uh Brooklyn police officer Michael Dowd who was arrested in 1992 and uh confessed then to stealing loads of money police officer and heavy inverted commas yeah very much and you know so he has now done his time apparently you know and he's now he wants to basically sell his story to people to anyone who listen and the movie kind of makes him into because it is a movie like it makes him into a hero like it's got really questionable kind of morals you're like because it'll nod to the fact you know dozens of people were shot at you know in this thing and like and he'll go yeah it's all about the money you know and it's it's cool but like it is a bit like the wolf of wall street where you have this well no it's not like the wolf of wall street because with it I'd hate to meet the real Jordan Belfort. Oh, totally. But like the He's guy doing a the... talk here at some yeah. point. Maybe that's been and gone. But you can kind of separate yourself from that level of criminal activity. And did Jordan Belfort go to jail or was it oh, because he did, he but like did a, a very minimum, yeah. Exactly. So like here, um, Michael Dowd was on a retainer for a Dominican drug gang. Uh, what do I call them? La Compagna. And he just, he got a retainer four or five grand every week. Um, to uh, to just maybe turn a blind eye on occasion, but he also when was this in the eighties or is that the eighties, yeah. yeah. So oh. um, late eighties, and then he kind of had his partner who was in on it as well, and then they, you know, they get much bigger scores, and then you know he had this condo that he just bought with all this money. So anyway, it all came crashing down, and the whole it's kind of funny because if like if there's just been various allegations in Ireland about corrupt guards and stuff, and you know, I was like, oh, the bastards, whatever. Yeah. So like, but then if you just put like, oh, put some jazzy music behind it, you're like, hey, this is cool. He's a hero. Like, yeah. I read a review of this and it was saying like you'd really like to go and kind of have a pint with him he's, yeah, he's, like a, bit he's of a great talker that's it so I I loved kind of hearing it and I think if it was a fictional story it'd be brilliant you know and you'd love it if it had that kind of Scorsese's you know pizzazz but because you've actually seen the guy there talking kind of being really cocky and there, there's not much remorse um, or anything remorse being shown from and like some of his partners are there and they clearly hate him um, you know no one's interviewed together I think everyone is sort of separate um, but like it's obviously 20 years ago even the drug the head of the drug gang is there and he's a great character as well we heard a bit from him so anyway it's the kind of thing that'll be huge on Netflix and you'd see it on more for um, in a while and then we'll we'll get some version of the story then in a while but uh, yeah I don't really see did you see anything else this month then um, you didn't see the man from uncle no, I didn't see. I saw that when I came back from from hospital. Uh, not hospital. Hospital what? <laughs> Holidays. <laughs> okay, I lied. I was in hospital. Um, the man from Uncle Guy Ritchie. 
is back. He ha- still j- hates women. Chin face. Yeah. Uh, Army was, Hammer now. Yeah, Ar- Army Hammer again. Like this, uh, this has flopped. Was it last year? He had the Lone Ranger, which yeah. flopped. You feel a bit sorry for him, you know? He. But like, why? The Lone Ranger is a great film. It's very yeah, underappreciated. Yeah. Um, but why is Guy Ritchie directing this? Uh, I don't know. It's weird. the film is perfectly fine. Um, Henry Cavill is the CIA. Do you know? Like, would you've known this by story? Oh about the yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's hung around for mm. ages, and I think Steven Soderbergh was attached for ages. Yeah. And it's then mad it though that they're apart. trying to turn this into a film. Like, yeah, ooh. and the end of it is left with the whole let's form a gang and try to get a sequel going. So yeah. it, I was thinking that it's basically just taken over as Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes, like. If he'll get a sequel, he won't now because it made no money. But yeah. in his head, he was probably Guy thinking Ritchie about it as his sort of money maker. Oh, okay. and then he'll do his smaller film. He should have directed Kingsman. Guy Ritchie, did you see Kingsman? Yeah, yeah. That reeked of Guy Ritchie. Yeah, that wasn't the, him. Well, it was Matthew Vaughn, wasn't it? So the two of them are kind of buddies from Lair Cake or something. But yeah. anyway, Alicia Vikander plays a woman in it, but she kind of has to just play the sex interest in it. So she was from Ex Machina and Testament of Youth. So um, she's grand in it as well. The weird thing I was confused by is the women had to wear loads and loads of makeup, which apparently is what the 60s was about. But like, it's really, really weird when you see it in digital... Um, DCP projection like it kind of just looks like they've been plastered in it so um, I don't know what that says about anything that, okay. I, that I noticed That's that what I don't know yeah. well it was weird but even Henry Cavill looked kind of fake as well like right. in it so it's a weird Guy Ritchie like they've you know he's spray, spray is he Canadian Henry Cavill or American I haven't a clue okay but he plays the Russian doesn't he uh, no, he's the American. Oh, he's the American. And Superman. But he's okay. a, bit, a bit of a phony kind of performance yeah. in it. And Hugh Grant is in it, which is kind of fun. And Hugh Grant then plays the kind of Charlie Angels style boss. Oh, Bosley. What's that his name? Is it Bosley? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, anyway, it Not hasn't made very much money. And uh, yeah. That's so August it. is kind of when everyone goes on holidays. Well, I was on, literally on holidays. We, and we I took a break. Took yeah. a break from the cinema. So, but it's a dud, a real dud month. Like you'll even yeah. look back at the releases now. When we will do our roundup, which will be online, uh, depending on when you listen to it, it might be on there. We tried to publish it on the last day of the month, though. Um, you know, we have Mistress America, which I think will stand up to at the end of the year. But there's nothing else in there that'll be anywhere near mm. the kind of top in the year list or anything. But speaking of the last day of the month, you're taking part in a talk the last day of the month yeah but this could be in the past by the time we talk about it so uh, oh, okay. yeah we'll, we'll yeah how'd it go it was good it was great I love that bit when you yeah. fought the punch that guy in the but face he's such a bullshit reason for liking uh, the film yeah Saporic did the uh, IFI critical take which is where uh, this time they're doing a different one um, which we'll talk about in our new mid-month podcast out in two weeks but uh, where they look at old films rather than new films so I thought that was kind of different so I'm apparently introducing Do the Right Thing so hopefully I won't be in jail by the time we have this don't say anything racist well this is it very uh, very full of protest Um, yeah so what are we looking forward to next month September um, so September I've been lo- lucky enough I got to a screening earlier in the week of Ricky and the Flash uh, might take a bit of music from it because do you know anything about this film or have no you it's Meryl Streep being being a rock star yeah, yeah so trying we'll to take be a bit of music um, it looks like it's going to be incredibly naff
So who's she channeling there? It's kind of a Fleetwood Mac sort of vibe. So the guy opposite her, um, is his name, um, he's Rick Springfield, the actual guitarist, and he plays Greg, who's her boyfriend. So uh, she's a rock star in California who leaves her family um, in Indiana when the going gets rough. Um, Kevin Klein plays her husband and uh, it's very funny and then uh, her daughter's getting divorced so he rings up and she goes out and spends a bit of time with her but um, it's funny because I really thought it was going to be terrible and I actually really really liked it like oh, okay. incredibly so but I realised I was sort of I like Meryl Streep and will she get the Oscar now for it? I don't know the, the interesting thing about it is she learned guitar for from Neil Young um, because she obviously was just hanging out with Neil Young and is very good like her singing they do it all live Rick Springfield obviously leads the band but then it's a band the drummer is someone who plays with Crosby, Stills and Nash Neil Young's bass player is in the group who's now dead unfortunately um, what was that film with um, and The Big Lebowski in it uh, Crazy Heart Crazy Heart is it that kind of a film I know it's better because okay. it's a bit like what you've meant like they get so they end up going to her son's wedding and it sort of all comes together then one of these so Jonathan Demi we know him I suppose he's most famous for doing Silence of the Lambs and Philadelphia but then he did Rachel Getting Married which you oh, may yeah, have yeah. were you away for that no no I always think about this kind of period when you just didn't live here and didn't see any films so yeah. Anne Hathaway so he does know how to just give people breathing room to kind of hang out and um, then he's done the Neil Young concert films uh, so he knows how to shoot music as well and yeah, I just kind of really, really liked it. Diablo Cody wrote it as well. Okay. So she knows how to write write for girls. And um, yeah, and she, yeah. So it's really, really good. It's out okay. on Friday. So it's very topical as well. So I'm Brilliant. reviewing next week's release. Okay. Um, after that, uh, Legend is another one. You're getting to see that during the week, I think. Yeah, during the week. It's the Tom Hardy playing two people. The Cray. Yeah, he's going to not act twice. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> that was the thing. We had the um, Honest trailer for Mad Max, which again. Pitch perfect. On like I Mad Max is gonna be one of my favorite films of the year, but like I did, I called it straight away. I was like, Tom Hardy is still not acting. He's just yeah. <clears throat> Tom Hardy. <clears throat> Tom Hardy. <laughs> Absolutely. But this he plays the craze. It looks good. There was a hilarious tweet about this the other day, and it was just like I think it was from whoever putting the film out, like Element or I don't know. And it said five star film. You know what? It had to be five stars. I'm like, from who? Yeah. Because no. the the link thing was just a link to the website. It wasn't a link to a review. It was just like, are you just declaring it's oh, yeah. a fucking five star well, film? They're allowed to do that. Yeah. So yeah, no, but that looks good. He plays from the director craze. of A Knight's Tale, and he wrote the guy who directed it wrote uh, Elliot Confidential. Can't remember the guy's name, but an interesting path into directing a movie. So um, I haven't read anything good or bad about it. So no, I'm genuinely yeah, yeah. excited to know how mm. it sort of turns out. Similar one then. We also have uh, Woody Allen, A Rational Man, comes out and uh, Woody Allen churned them out one a year again and starring Joaquin Phoenix. Saw the you trailer think he for could it. have been replaced by a robot at this stage? Woody Allen's just... The Woody Allen factory is now making Woody Allen films. Mm, probably. Maybe Woody it's what's keeping is, him alive. Yeah. He's uh, off. Um, oh, anyway. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look hectic from the trailer. It looks a bit... Uh, it's very tough to watch. It's to tell Woody from Woody yeah, Allen trailers, so... If it's going to be amazing or terrible. Um, it's tough to watch Woody Allen films now. At least the age gap here with Joaquin and... Um, Oh yeah, it's Joaquin playing Woody Allen in probably his head, yeah, I totally like an Emma Stone. Like there was maybe twenty years between them, so at least it's not like forty oh, or Colin fifty. Firth in Magic in the Moonlight, is that uh, about? yeah, yeah. Oh, Emma Stone so, is in this as well. This as well. Oh, so him and Joaquin, I'd say there's about twenty. Is years Emma Stone between the new Scarlett Johansson? Woody's new yeah, Woody Muse. Woody's Woody. Um, and yeah. when that's out, September eleventh. The date. Oh, that's oh, that's why that date was in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last one that we kind of picked out. Uh, 
is Life, the Anton Corbin film, which um, looks fantastic. Like, doesn't it? Like, you know, just visually, I don't know, um, what, like Anton Corbin of... Uh, what was it called? Was it called the American, the George Clooney sniper film? But mainly Control. Uh, but yeah, mainly it's Anton Corbin is best known as being a photographer. Did music videos for U two and everything. And this is a film about the photographer who did those iconic shots of James Dean. And so it's a photographer making a film about a photographer, which could be interesting. Uh, but Dane DeHaan is James Dean, and it's creepy. I haven't heard him talk. Don't know. I haven't seen the trailer. I don't really want to see the trailer, but I've seen the posters, seen the stills, and everything, and I am sold. And that's out September twenty fifth, end of the yeah, month. Yeah. And then nothing else really uh, sticking out over the month. So, no. yeah, we'll probably leave it there, I suppose. Um, so we talked about it at the beginning. Probably our film of the month is probably Mistress America, it sounds, in a pretty pretty dry month of August. So um, I've got two songs here queued up. I have a DJ deck here. Would you like to hear the hot chocolate, Could Have Been a Lady, or the suicide cover of Dream Baby Dream? Dream Baby Dream. Okay. So we'll hear this. And props as well to uh, uh, musical assembler Lisa who has kindly put uh, our new intro music so let us know what you think I think when we get the cool. new shipment of cups in they're kind of held up in uh, yeah, well, at the moment. yeah well we're there in the should state be a competition f- to guess all the clips in the I wouldn't even guess but, the uh, intro so that's it anyway uh, thanks Lisa for that and here is uh, Dream Baby Dream we'll see you in two weeks for our, for podcast number 34 which is going to be about old films thanks very much bye bye Dream, 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 dream,